0: Well, we all want to have successful families, right? I I don't think there's anybody here that would probably disagree with that. We want our kids to grow up to be influential, thriving individuals, loving and caring, right? Responsible citizens who are productive, right, in society and in school. We want to have thriving marriages where we are better because we are together. But then, sometimes what we want and what we want don't really line up. Sometimes busyness distracts us, selfishness creeps in, bitterness consumes us, we deal with our feelings of failure, whatever it is, and sometimes we just want our own thing. We maybe want to just sleep through the night for once this month, or we want someone else to clean up the endless mess in our house. And sometimes we just want to scream, right? So this is family. Um, And let's not forget what our kids want, right? They want pizza for every meal. They never want to go to bed on time. And they want to write on everything because apparently the world is their canvas. And as we found out, not all markers are erasable. (laughs) We have plenty of artwork at our house. Um, But then there are those sweet moments. Right where our kids use their manners and they say, please and thank you. Or they go out of their way to do something unexpectedly kind and creative and thoughtful that is a true reflection of the heart that God is building inside of these little people. Or they come up to you out of nowhere and just give you a hug and say, I love you. When you're cleaning up their vomit for the third time in the middle of the night. Hypothetically, right? Right. And you realize in those moments that you would not trade any of it for the entire world. This is is what family is like. It has the biggest ups and downs, and sometimes it's the biggest conflict of what we want and what we want. And then we have the waves and the, the, the elements that life throws at us. And this is why we're taking this time in the month of January to focus on family. And today we're going to be talking about the beginning stages of family and what we can do to set a firm foundation underneath us. So when we're swimming in this ocean of family, I feel like family is just like swimming in an ocean sometimes, right? We're we're swimming along and sometimes we have our head above water and we feel great and we feel on top of it. And then sometimes we just get hit by wave after wave after wave. And we're so disoriented, we don't even know which way is up to get our head above water to take a breath. And this this is the, the continuum of family. And as Alice talked about last week is, you know, dealing with the, the failures in family. And this is going to be part of family because no one is perfect. We're humans and we're going to mess up. But we're not called to live perfect lives and have perfect families. But we are called to live Intentionally. And that's what we're going to focus on today, is how do we live intentionally to set ourselves up for faithful success in these beginning stages of family? And, and b- when I say beginning stages of family, I mean, you know, maybe you're beginning family with little kids. Maybe you're beginning to parent adolescents. Maybe you're beginning uh, parenting as empty nesters. Maybe you're just beginning marriage, or maybe you're just beginning a new year. I think that gets all of us in the room, right? <clears throat> So these fundamental concepts apply whatever stage you are beginning, and I think it's important that we live intentionally. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 6, take a look at, see what Jesus has to say about this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, <clears throat> he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house. The, when the torrent struck that house, uh, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The, more, the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. It would be absolutely ludicrous to build a a million dollar home and just set it right on top of the dirt, right? Nobody in their right mind would do this because the house would collapse or shift and settle uh, in in a number of years and all of that money and resource would be wasted and gone, but Jesus is beckoning us here. There's a, there's a call to live courageously and intentionally in our lives and in our families, to, to set the focus, to live uh, to set the foundation in our home. And, and I love what Alice said last week, and she was talking about how Jesus overcame on our behalf. And when we we think about the songs we were worshiping to this morning, that Jesus, God's promises for us, when we ask Him, they are yes, yes, and amen. And this is the foundation that we are building our home on. And this is why we value the Word of God, because this is full of God's promises for us. And His response to His promises for us are yes, yes, and amen. He's saying, I want you to build your family on this foundation. God is for us, not against us. And He wants to bless us, and He wants these things to be a part of our family. And so he is calling us to believe intentionally in our families. You see, we don't get to choose whether or not our lives have an influence on the people around us. Whether you like it or not, your life will significantly influence the people around you by what what you do and what you don't do. Proverbs 13.22 kind of helps us understand this a little bit more. It says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And the the, 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 the the root word here for inheritance is talking about the word heritage. Not just the monetary blessing we're leaving, but the spiritual legacy that we're leaving to our family. And so as we're looking at this big picture of family, it's really important first and foremost we ask this question to ourselves. What do we want our family to look like a year from now, 10 years from now, what do we want our family to look like a hundred years from now or a thousand years from now? And some of you are sitting there thinking, I don't even know what's for lunch today, let alone a thousand years from now. This is, I can't even think that far ahead, but it's important we do because the daily choices we make determine our family's future. A couple things that come to mind, I remember growing up and still to this day, my mom's, um, how how she insisted on taking care of the widows in our neighborhood. And it was like, growing up, I, it felt like I had like five grandmothers because she always was taking them food and making them feel like a part of our family and going and just talking with them so they had someone to talk to and, and, and listening to them and investing in them and, and making them feel like a part of our family. And that to this day affects how I live my life. Or, Or my dad and his diligence in scripture memory and how he always was seeking to hide God's word in his heart on a daily basis and how he knew the word of God. And when then when I started to live on my own there in college that became a fundamental part of how I lived my life and how I looked at the word of God and how I understood the word of God and its effect in my life and that legacy then carries through my family now too these things linger throughout history and through our family that legacy but like I said family is not perfect and all of us have good things that we encountered in family and all of us have bad things and some of us may be more of some than the other But I think the amazing thing and the powerful thing about being believers and and following Jesus with our life is that... Jesus overcame on our behalf, right? Like we talked about. His answer to his promises for us is yes, yes, and amen. And so regardless of what your past experience is, regardless of what you have inherited in family, Jesus allows us then to stand at this point in history to determine what then is passed down to our family. The good things and the great things, and then the things maybe that aren't so great. Making it stop at this point in history right the incessant sins maybe it's the uh, the addictions maybe it's the abuse verbal abuse or physical abuse Maybe it's the addictions to substance or to alcohol. Maybe it's the the sexual addictions or unfaithfulness or whatever it is. Maybe things that have plagued our families for a number of years. You have the power through the blood of Jesus Christ because he overcame for us to stop it at this point in history so that your family can continue in the blessing of the Lord. And they can look back at that point in history and say, this is where someone stopped this for our family or this is where someone started this for our family. This is a powerful thing that we have in the word of God here. And the best way to do this is to establish our mission together as family. And so what we are doing is we're encouraging families at, at, at every beginning stage to, to establish your family mission statement. Now, a few years ago, we went through this series as a church where we established our family mission statements um, and our purpose. And, and some of us, a lot of us here did that, and, and some of us maybe didn't get a chance to do that. Um, but this is, this is the foundational point of, of beginning family successfully. Um, establishing that foundation. And, and we put together this revised little booklet there. It's out at the Welcome Center. And, and I would encourage you, if you haven't done this, or if you feel like you need to revisit yours, to pick this up. And this booklet's gonna walk you through, uh, how to do that as a family. It's going to give you the, the steps to take, the questions to talk about, um, the, the conversation starters, and um, I guarantee you that there is nothing more important that you could do with your family. And this call to do this comes from Ephesians 5:15 through 17. It says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Now, the, the the Greek root word here for careful doesn't mean cautious. It means to live with purpose and courage. So really we could state this, live with purpose and courage, not as unwise, but as wise. There is a call. The word of God here, we we are being beckoned to live with purpose and courage in our families as as we establish what our vision and our mission is, so that when we're swimming in this ocean of family, right, and the waves are hitting us and we get disoriented sometimes or we kind of slightly veer off course, that we have something that will correct us in our course, something that we can set our focus on daily and weekly so that we don't lose sight of what we're doing. Lewis Carroll said this, He said, any road will get you there if you don't know where you're going. I think this is so true for family. Great things in family don't happen by accident. And the people that I have talked to that are uh, later in years and look back on their life with a little bit of regret, they always ask the same question, how did I end up here? This wasn't what I intended. And the best way to end up in that place is to leave it to chance to have successful family. So let's talk about just for a minute here establishing your family mission statement. So this is kind of a fun thing because we get to uh we get to have these conversations of dreaming up what we want family to look like. And asking what's the purpose of our family? Um what things do we want to do as a family? Or or better yet, what things do people do that make us feel most confident and valued? So that we can be intentional in those things. As we're starting each day, we can think about, okay, what can I do to empower my wife and my children? What will make them feel most confident and valued? So that when they head out of the house, then they can pour out of that place of being um, filled up and encouraged. Right? What if our home looks like this? How much of an effect would that have on our community and a ripple effect in, in our nation? That would be a profound difference if we are intentional about keeping that at the forefront of our lives each day. So I encourage you to walk through this process with your family if you haven't or to revisit your mission statement and make sure that, yeah, this is, this is what we're working towards. This is what we're wanting to do as a family. And I'll share, I want to share our family mission statement with you. Um, and hopefully, this will give you some idea of what it can look like. Yours might look like this, it might look totally different. Um, we have a short last name, uh, so we made an acrostic with the last letters of our name. If you have 15 letters in your last name, probably not a good idea. Um, <clears throat> but I like, my theory with family mission statement is keep it short and keep it simple. That way, we can remember it and write it down and put it somewhere visual you can see on a daily basis. So ours, the L, love like Jesus loves. The I, inspire others with our words. And then the N, never give up. And the S, serve others. So these are the, the, the core principles of the Lynn 's family household, right? And this is what we seek to do, to st- we strive to do uh, every day with each other. Um, and we, we fail a lot, we succeed a lot, we fail a lot, we succeed a lot, right? This is the ups and downs of family. But when things get really busy and crazy, and um, and I walk by that, and I it helps like kind of refocus me, like, okay, yep, yeah, this is my purpose of what I'm supposed to do. Or I lose track, lose sight of that, right? And maybe uh, between Becky and I, a conversation becomes about winning, right? Because that's what all successful marriages are about, right? Winning. Um, <clears throat> then I'm reminded, okay, how can I serve her? How can I bless her? How can I empower her with my words and not just try and win this conversation? So <clears throat> this is what your family mission statement can look like. And there's been a lot of research done about you know, how we are, more su- we are more likely to accomplish our goals if we write them down and put them in a place that we see every day. For us, <clears throat> we... Uh, and we wanted to you know make this cool craft thing right on the wall, so it was like a decoration and had our mission statement, so we see it every day well, two years later that didn't happen yet, and so I just had to print it off on a piece of paper and tape it to the wall so that's where we're still at uh, maybe a uh, wall decor will happen sometime in the next decade, but and and so if you're if you're not married right now, then I would suggest write your individual purpose statement of what your role is in your current family and how, because this is going to give you vision and how you're going to set yourself up uh, to lead a family in the future. Or maybe if you're like me, I did that anyway, just because I need to know clearly when I wake up in the morning, what my role is in our family purpose and our mission. So if you're like the Lynn's family, you made your family mission statement, really excited about it. This really encapsulates, like, what we want to do as a family. But then it gets kind of lost in the shuffle, right? And so we, you know, we made the mistake of we made it, but then we didn't post it anywhere, like I told you. And, and so, like a lot of other really uh, good ideas, like it kind of, we brought it up every once in a while, and then sometimes we'd forget about it, that sort of thing. And then I read Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. <clears throat> and I was really challenged by this it says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And so there's this this sense that this mission statement is just like, it's a part of how we live and it's a part of what we talk about every single day. Like when we're walking along the road or maybe today when we're driving in the cars, right? And that sort of thing. And I thought, man, how can we make our mission statement a part of our daily lives so that we don't lose track of it and forget about it? Because it's all too easy to do. And so how we did this was with these, what I call lifelines. And, and it fits in with this whole swimming analogy as you're thinking about swimming through the water. I remember as I've, when I've done triathlons, there's a rope that goes through the water so that like... You know, if you get like kicked in the face or something, or you like choke on some water, you know, there's something there you can grab onto. But then also, um, it helps you know where you're going. It's like this direction clear along the way, so you don't have to like keep sighting clear out off in the distance. So it's a really helpful tool. And I feel like these lifelines are what connects our family mission statement to our everyday lives. This is the practical application. And so I think this is this is how we can make our family mission statements a part of our everyday life, so that we can have a firm foundation for our families. So that we can live a legacy that blesses our families for generations and generations. So I want to share with you some of the lifelines that are currently at the forefront in our household or have been at the forefront in our household in hopes that it'll get the ideas flowing for you. Some of these might be useful for you, some of them maybe not, but at the very least it's going to get the wheels turning. And it's really important that you make time tonight, this week, to sit down and talk about these things, to be intentional about these things. Like I said, successful family doesn't happen by accident. So first of all, lifeline number one. Use your words to build your home, not tear it down. So this fits in with the inspire others with our words part of our family mission statement. There's a lot of verses about... Uh, not exasperating our children or not being overbearing, right? In like Ephesians 6 or Colossians 3. And there's a sense of, in this call to refuse to criticize is what I feel like it comes down to. Now listen carefully here. Criticism is the lazy way out. It gets an outcome, but it has horrible lasting effects. Criticism is a lazy way out. It gets an outcome, but it has horrible lasting effects. Change happens through affirmation. Why? Because criticism devalues their importance, and then they go to seek it elsewhere. But if we find ways that we can make them feel important and affirmed in our home, then they will keep keep coming to look for that as a source, and it will empower them. And as a teacher in the classroom where I have hundreds of students uh, in a year, and as a father in the home, I have found without exception that the greatest changes came through consistent and genuine affirmation. Criticism will only succeed to push your family members away from your home rather than to draw them to the heart of it. We cannot let that enter our houses. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews ten, twenty four through twenty five. It says Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's like the coolest verse. What if this was the part of every single home, that first and foremost, every single day that... Our mission is to consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That as we talk with our children in the morning when they're eating breakfast, that we can affirm them in their identity and the giftings God has put in them. Or when we're tucking them in at night so they know who they are, they're confident in who they are and the ways that God has gifted them so they can, when they leave our house that they can go and bless the world around them. We can empower our children through affirmation in that way. You know, and sometimes I think I don't realize how much weight my wife Becky is carrying around on her shoulders until I compliment her or affirm her or call out the strengths that I see in her. And it's like I just see that weight like melt off of her. And it's like she can breathe. (laughs) And it does something inside of her that it's like it fuels her and empowers her to become the absolute best version of herself, right? Sometimes we lose sight of who we are and, and really how we're gifted and what our strengths are and, and because we feel like suffocated with the busyness of life. And when someone points out and says, you know what, I see this in you. This is such a cool thing. It's such a blessing to our family. Like God is doing something amazing in your heart with this. And it might even be something they don't even know about. Let this be a pillar of our homes. So that's lifeline number one. Lifeline number two, family meeting time. So you might have heard the Bartlett's talk about this, and I've heard a lot of other families talking about family meeting time. And for a long time, I was pretty skeptical about it, to tell you the truth. I'm thinking, I don't know, It maybe seems a little weird. Um, And I have little kids, right? We have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. So I'm thinking... How are we going to do family meeting time with this, right? It's crazy in our household. So set reasonable expectations, but the the whole purpose of it is that we're establishing the foundations of communication in our household, giving our our kids space to talk. It's not a time where we're working on discipline issues or anything like that, but just a time to talk about family and to talk about our mission statement and that sort of thing. Um, And sometimes it's crazy. Usually it lasts about five minutes. Sometimes we do it at the dinner table because my son is strapped into his chair at that point, and that seems to work pretty well. But I brought a short video here so I can show you what part of our family meeting time can look like. And I, so I think you'll enjoy this. We're going to do the hands for right now. All right, ready? 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 Never Never give give up. up. Good job. All right. Okay. And then let's do, let's do the fist bump. (laughs) Never Never give up. up. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) One more time. Are we ready? Okay. Never give up. Yes. yes. All right. We got it. So I also got a blackout noise. Um, so my kids came up with that, right? And I'm not responsible for that idea. Um, but we were talking about family uh, meeting time, and my daughter goes, "Dad, can we do that thing where we put our hands in the middle and say our family mission statement?" And I was like. Well, sure we can, right? And so then it turned into my son like running across the room, like pile driving me saying part of our family mission statement. But they were saying it, weren't they? Right? And so just making it a fun time just to talk about family and that sort of thing. Um, uh, Teenagers, can I take a minute to talk to you directly? You have the power in your family, to make the family mission come alive. And as your parents come to talk to you about it, you might be thinking, man, this is lame. I don't want to be doing this right now. Whatever it is. You know, you might be thinking that in your mind. But see it as this. When your parents come to you with those things, it is because they love you and they want what is best for you. And also, they see you have the potential to do great things, and you are a significant part of the family in making those things happen. You are becoming young men and women, and God has gifted you to do amazing things within your family and outside of your family walls. So I want to tell you, and I want to affirm you right now, that you have the power to do great things within your family, and that God is just waiting to see those things emerge through you and in your household. Lifeline number three, being present. It could be just as simple as that. You might realize, hey, I've been pretty distracted, been on social media a lot, whatever it is. I just need to be more present when I'm home with my family. Can be That's it, right? It can be as simple or as deep as you want it to be. Lifeline number four. The power of purposeful prayer and disciplined devotion. So this ties into our our never giving up part of our, our family mission statement. The most powerful influence in the life of your spouse and your children is the Holy Spirit. And most of us would give our lives for our family if it came down to it. But I'm going to challenge you to give just three minutes of your life every day to pray over your family before they head out for the day. To bless them. And to, play God, to pray God's promises over them. And some of you may be thinking, I don't even know what to pray, Eric. You know what? And sometimes I don't know what to pray. But the Word of God, there's so much stuff in there that we can pray over our families. And I want to give you something that you can take with you. Uh, just remember, P.E. One, right? You remember that sweaty class in junior high, P.E. So P.E. One. So Philippians chapter one, verse nine through eleven, great prayer to pray over your family. Ephesians chapter one verse 16 through 19. If you get to chapter 1, you'll find it. These are great prayers to pray over your family. So remember, P.E., Philippians and Ephesians, chapter 1. You'll find some solid stuff in there to pray over your family. I cannot overstate the power of a home filled with prayer. And couples, if we cannot pray together as a married couple, it is going to be a shaky foundation we build our family on. Let us be intentional with this. In disciplined devotion, I'll make my point with this story. When I was a freshman and sophomore in college, I had a, a Bible study leader who, who poured into us a group of guys. And, and those of you that aren't married yet, this is how you can have a profound impact on future families, by investing in the people around you. Because there were, I remember there was a couple semesters, he was trying to wrap up his program, and he was taking like over 20 credits, just this ridiculous schedule. And he was leading a couple different Bible studies. And I remember asking him about his devotion life. like What, what does he do on a daily basis? And I remember he would get up before, well before the sun came up, And during this busy schedule, he was still committing to memorizing four scriptures a week. And it just, it blew me away and it drove me to just be disciplined and devoted in the word of God and to hide God's word in my heart. And still to this day, how he lived his life then, 10 years ago, or what, yeah, about 10 years ago, man, time flies, sorry. How he lived his life 10 years ago still challenges me on a weekly basis. This is the effect that we can have on others, but this is also the effect that we can have in our home, just by leading by example. So I hope this gets the wheels turning as you think about your family mission statement and you think about the lifelines, that the practical application of our family mission statement. And it's going to look different in every stage of life, and that's why we have to have these lifelines so we can tie our lives to our family mission statement. And our families are going to need different things at different times. And that's when we can adjust course and think about, okay, what are our lifelines right now? What are the one or two things that we're working on? So I want to remind you, family will never be perfect. But we are called to live intentionally, to make the most of every moment, to live wisely, to live courageously with purpose, with purpose. I'm passionate about family because that is the true source of change and abundant life. We can go out all we want and do great things, but until we have exhausted every effort in selfless love, first and foremost within the walls of our home, to courageously lead through service, we have done nothing great at all. So I implore you, on behalf of the words of Jesus Christ and the word of God, at whatever stage you are beginning right now, will you live with purpose and courage in your families, establishing your purpose and mission so that every day, every stroke through this this ocean of family, you can be moving towards the goal and the purpose of what you are doing, and live in such a way that leaves a spiritual inheritance that will resound throughout your family's history. Let us live with purpose and courage in our families. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today, and thank you for your word and your promises, God. Thank you that you bought us back. God, that you you let us know you personally. God, that you empower us through your word and through your Holy Spirit in our lives, God. And I pray that in every way that we need you in our families, Lord, I pray that all of us here this morning, myself included, would just open our hearts up to you, let you come in, that we could experience the effects of an infinite God in our lives and in our families, Lord. Just come, Lord. And I just pray that as we have time to just be silent and still before you and worship this morning that you would show us the next steps we should take as a family so we can be faithful with what you have entrusted to us. In Jesus' name.